Hi, I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. Hello and welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. My name is Daniel and I'm here with Pastor Troy. And I'm here with Josh. She's back. Josh is back. Finally back. So we're going to talk roadmap to start. Troy, what do we got? We are still in 2 Chronicles forever. Yes. It is a, well, let's just say 2 Chronicles gives us a few more details though. And I will say that this time... Going through it, I've tried to really discipline myself to think, what is there in Second Chronicles that I haven't seen before? And there are things. If you dig, because because sometimes you kind of your eyes glaze over when you're reading through First and Second Chronicles, and you kind of just go on autopilot. And so, if you really make yourself go back and actually read back, because it's giving you information more focused on the kings of Judah uh, in Second in Chronicles. And so, uh, if you just focus on some of the little details, and then ask yourself what's different about this than First and Second Kings, there's some there's some interesting information in there. So, um, so we dug some of that out this week. I don't know if we'll have time to share, but you can always read it. You can always read it. <laughs> you can always read it. Uh, Psalm uh, 79, 80, 81. We did that, and Proverbs 20. We were in just a chapter of uh, Proverbs 20 uh, this week. The whole every reading was in Proverbs 20, but uh, but some really good nuggets of wisdom there. And, and then Acts chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and, uh, and some, again, some neat, uh, the book of Acts, we're, we're more into where Paul is beginning his missionary journeys and doing his work and so forth. So some of the more familiar exploits of Paul and Barnabas and leading Paul and Silas and, um, uh, so anyway, we'll have um, maybe something about that as well. But we have some things that we have mined or dug out of the Word this week that we want to share with you. And so hopefully you'll come back and join us when we come back for the break. All right, we are back here to discuss what we have learned in the Bible this week, um, Josh is going to kick us off. So, Josh, without further ado, go for it. Yeah, just kind of like what Troy was talking about with Chronicles. Um, there was just so much that I've just read over in Acts, and it's never stuck out to me ever. But, like, this week, there was just so much. And I think it's because uh, this whole past year that I've been in school reading over the Old Testament, like, things were just illuminated to me in such a different light. And the first is uh, in Acts 12, like 1 through 11. I'm just going to hit a few verses. But um, they had just killed uh, someone. I forgot who it was now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, it says, When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. Um, and so then it says, But while Peter was in the prison, the church prayed very earnestly. So James. He, James. Oh, sorry. Yeah, James was who they killed. Yeah. So skip down to verse 11. Um, this angel of the Lord has just broken Peter out of the jail or whatever. Uh, and it says this, Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. And notice who uh, is after Peter here. Um, it doesn't seem like it should be the enemy, but it is. The Jewish people 
are after God's people. And, and that's weird to say because in the Old Testament, who are God's people? It's the Jewish people. And that it, it has just turned almost the story of the Bible on its head. I mean, it's still one story, but it, to us, that should seem weird because we start the beginning of the Bible, we start to follow the seed mm-hmm. of you know Genesis 3, and, and we go through the Tower of Babel and Abraham and, and all these people, and we get to this Jewish nation, this nation of Israel, who are God's people, who he is protecting and providing for. And now they are against God. I mean, they're rebelling. They are, and that's all of us. But it's just crazy because these are God's people and and God's, yeah, throughout the whole Old Testament. But anyway, and so Peter is delivering the message of good news of God himself, and they're wanting to kill him. Um, and, and that is just so crazy because here's the thing from their from the Israelites, from the Jewish perspective, they're doing what is right in their head. Like they're like, mm-hmm. we're protecting God. We're protecting his holiness. We're protecting the law. This is good. But look what these Jewish leaders are trying to achieve by their own power. They're trying to achieve, achieve salvation and holiness, mm-hmm. which God is giving freely through grace to people who put their faith and trust in Jesus. And it just was one of these moments for me. Where I was like, wow, like, People are sinful, but like, man, they're really trying their best to achieve something that they cannot, mm. that God's giving freely to, to Gentiles now. You know, like, I, I right. don't know. It was just this moment of, whoa, everything that the Old Testament was is like now being flipped. And it's like, now look, like we can see how sin has affected so much and how God's still working in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was just a really, really awesome moment for me this week. That's pretty cool because that kind of bleeds into what uh, I was going to share from Acts chapter 13. All connected. Who would have thought? Uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 44, it says, On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, mm-hmm. we turn to the Gentiles. Wow. Um, and and you have, have Paul, who, who took the message of salvation to the Jews, uh, because it was of the Jews. It was their Messiah. And so he was doing this. And we talked about this before. It really, that's really the different Saul-Paul variable is that Saul is his Hebrew name, but then he became so uh, intensely focused on sharing the gospel with the Gentile nation that uh, they started using his Greek name, Paul. Um, but but many rejected it, so, that, so they, were, they didn't all reject it. That's also important to remember. They didn't all the Jews... All the Jews mm-hmm. did not reject yeah. the gospel. Right. It was just many rejected it. Mm-hmm. So overwhelmingly, it was rejected uh, by the Jewish people. Um, he said this was their decision to reject eternal life, um, which is an interesting thing, because uh, what is really what really stood out to me is here is uh, in this within this passage you have a very uh, clear uh, distinction of two things that we argue over a lot, <laughs> and that is free will. And the sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. uh, but here he says that uh, this is of their decision. So they they rejected eternal life. He says, mm-hmm. "I brought to you, and you've rejected it. You judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life." Mm-hmm. Meaning that that this is the decision that they've made. 
clearly in God's word, he shows we are culpable for the decisions we make. I had a young man come to me one time and says, since, John, since God has ordained everything and, uh, and everything is uh, the way it's supposed to go, then what does it matter? I'm just going to go do what I want to do. And if God wants me to be saved, then I'll get saved. And if God doesn't want me to be saved, I don't want to be saved. And he had just enough theology uh, to wind up in hell. Uh, and, and the thing is, is that that is, that is uh, I think, a lot of people deeply kind of in the back of their mind, think it's got to be one or the other. Right. Uh, either I have free will, and and then they're convicted, about, or or God's making all this, or it's kind of like a determinism, like a, a fate, yeah. uh, that everything is going to happen according to a particular plan, and there's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. But God has, it's kind of like our praying. God says uh, that our prayers are effective. Now, when you think about it, when you pray, uh, you think, uh, God, does God hear, if I say, God, make it rain right now, uh, does it rain right now just because I say it? Uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, but God moves upon us through his Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. tells us to pray that it rain. The word says that after we say that, it, ask God to make it rain, because we are now in alignment with his will, mm-hmm. uh, that he is actually using the prayer that we prayed to effectively make it rain. Right. So actually, so the prayer is effective. Um, and it's kind of like if you have something that you want to get done and you say, would you do this for me? And you, and the person says, no, then uh, you go find somebody else to do it. And then they do it. Well, your will is still done. Right. The first person who rejected it, that was their choice. Mm-hmm. They just chose not to be a part of it. Yeah. So they've rejected it and passed on it. Mm-hmm. But, but still, so I still have accomplished that which I set out to do. Right. But you also are culpable for rejecting that which I've offered to you. And that's, and that's what happened is that because he says that, um, uh, well, what's the, I got to look it up here. Sorry. Sorry. I should have had it ready. I've got to turn to this page here. Um, he says, um, for this is what I command, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. This, I'm just reading further than what I wrote in my journal. Uh, for this is what the Lord uh, has commanded us. I made you a light for the Gentiles to bring salvation to the end of the earth, which is what God prophesied about the Jewish mm-hmm. people. He says, when the Gentiles heard this, they rejoiced and honored the word of the Lord, and all who had been appointed to eternal life believed. Mm-hmm. Now, so you have there within just right. a few verses later, now you have God saying, all those who had been appointed to eternal life, yeah. those had believed. And and the idea, the idea that scripture gives to us is that God has a family, uh, those who belong to his son Jesus Christ and so forth, and he has commissioned us as we go out and share the gospel to find those members of his family. He uses illustrations like the wheat and the tares and Mm -hmm. that we go out, they all look the same to us, we can't tell the difference, so we share the gospel Mm -hmm. and then we see the response of those people and that helps identify us. Uh, Radio Bible Class, has, uh, who does a little devotional called Our Daily Bread, has one of the best illustrations of us trying to grasp with difficult concepts yeah. uh, that I've, I've heard. And that is, when you walk into heaven, there's there's this big doorway. Now, again, this is her just saying this. This isn't literal because <laughs> um, they don't know this. Uh, but when you uh, just imagine that as you're walking into heaven, there's a big doorway that says, whosoever will may enter here. Mm-hmm. And so you enter in, and then when you look back on the door, it says, here enter the chosen ones of God. Uh, and so from our perspective, this side, obviously, uh, we are looking at it through a, a perspective where decisions are being made and so forth. But if you're an eternal God outside the boundaries of time and everything is already completed, yeah. meaning he sees things at the, he sees the beginning and the end all at one time, uh, which is just a very, 
uh, I mean, again, just a reminder: we don't know how things look eternally because right. we're not God. Uh, but so we do. But we do know these things. There has to be a tension that exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy who's really Wilmington, who wrote a guide to the Bible and so forth, used this illustration. I don't know if it was his, but he had it in his book. Uh, and that is, if you think of it like you have people who believe in free will on one side of a riverbank, and people who believe in the sovereignty of God on the other side of a of a, of a riverbank. And it's a river of grace flowing between, mm-hmm. and that it takes those two boundaries yeah. to really contain uh, how we understand grace. I will so. say that is one of the coolest and most clear explanations I've heard of those two working together ever. So mm-hmm. that was really awesome cool. for nice. my soul, just FYI. Nice. <laughs> I know, sometimes it's nice to, to like, you're grappling with the thought and yeah. idea concept, and then have somebody elo- like eloquently lay it out in yeah a way that you're like yeah that what he was, yeah what he <laughs> that's what my brain was trying to get to <laughs> no that was really cool um anyway. that's cool i like c.s lewis for that reason you know he he yeah, says things I'm so kidding. well and <laughs> it's like yes i i believe that but would have never said it that way. yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, yeah so just, it's just like thank, thank you for doing that yeah exactly thank you, you for can doing skip that. a lot of time with yeah, me if you that's read right this book. Um, cool. Right. I'm actually in the same section. I'm trying, to pla- I'm trying not to plagiarize anybody while I'm <laughs> for, fear, for fear that I can never be leader of the convention. What? <laughs> oh. oh, man. Austin, take that out of the podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. Yeah, well, I'm in the same section, actually, Acts 13. Um, and I've been, I, so I've been in, I've been taking Acts a little slower just in my quiet time. Mm-hmm. I've been in there for that and um, will be for the next few weeks. And, um, I, I've noticed in this section how how the message starts to be opposed, you know, and I think there's a mm-hmm. difference between being not accepted and being actively opposed, um, and and I think we we experience some of that today, where we take you know we try to we take the message. Some of us are better at taking the message than others, mm. but um, when we do take the message into the world, into the lost community, some will accept it, some will not accept it, and wish you well, and some will not ex- accept it. And wish you harm, and um, maybe some sometimes actively um, pursue your um, being brought being brought down, your message being invalidated. Um, but so so I was just reading that, reading how um, the um, false prophet Jewish far, tra, far, I can't speak <laughs> Jewish false prophet named Bar Jesus. Oh yeah, um, comes oh, comes out so cool. actively opposing their message, mm-hmm. uh, and and I just thought, man, Lord, thank you that you, we have a helper. Um, we mm-hmm. have a helper that who who's our resource for boldness and for power. Because like mm-hmm. when two people argue over something, when two people have varying opinions or varying thoughts about how you should live your life, what the narrative of the world is, um, then the winner of that conversation is whoever's the better, more informed speaker. But when the message is empowered by the Holy Spirit, as it was in in Acts, you see power and you see like results happening, and mm-hmm. opposition then isn't really a concern. I think we have a lot of Christians, uh, myself sometimes I'm very included in this, who see the world opposing our message and opposing us as people. And um, now, in fairness, sometimes Christians are dopes and in, in a in a non-positive, non-millennial kind of way, uh, are really idiots in how they conduct themselves online and mm-hmm. how they conduct themselves mm-hmm. even in person with people. And so some some criticism is, is fair, but um, when you're... You have people who doesn't matter what the message is; they're opposing you because you're a child of God, mm-hmm. and they are not. And you have two two very things. So it can be it can be a stressor for the believer to say, "What are they going to say if I do this? What are they going to do if I say this?" And 
Um, are they gonna, you know, what if they have a better looking meme on social media that is <laughs> gonna impact more people than my little message here? That's not your concern when you're empowered by right. the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, when the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is backing you, your message has power, and mm-hmm. doesn't matter who stands against you and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, that's what I was getting out of Acts. I thought that it was, um, and that theme seems to be repeating. I'm a little past that now, and it just mm-hmm. keeps. Oh, you know, people are starting to die. People are starting yep. to um, be stoned. And uh, not literally in a fun with way. the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and yeah, it's it's um, it gets it gets crazier and crazier, but their message still has power. Yeah. Uh, so and I'm following right along with that. I'm in uh, Romans 13 still uh, nine through twelve, um, and I'm just gonna read it real quick. Um, and kind of what Daniel's talking about here, Paul's getting filled with the Holy Spirit and something incredible happened. So it says, Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, you son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud and enemy of all that is good. Will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now for the Lord has his hand of punishment upon you and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time instantly. Mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. And this moment just, it flipped my head to Paul when he's talking to the Romans. Uh, and it's in Romans 9, and this is what he writes. It says, it's Romans nine seventeen, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show you my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. And it was just kind of like this huge connection moment for me that like, mm. whoa, Paul had firsthand experience in this. Like he wasn't there when it happened to Pharaoh, but like this just happened with the governor and the sorcerer. Like he just saw like God's power take over. And first of all, like Paul is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not doing this on his own. Well, he's not just speaking out of his mind here. He's filled with the Holy Spirit here, and he is speaking to the sorcerer, and he says, listen, this is who God is. Right now, you're going to see his power, because it says instantly, and and that guy went blind. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you know, Romans 17, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth, the governor, it says right here, became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. And I, like I said, like, man, this week just right here was just this moment where you can see the Bible in, I mean, as a whole and just see, wow, it's all connected. Like this is all about God. God's still the same God that he was yesterday, today, and tomorrow and forever will be. And it was just so cool because you, I mean, Paul had firsthand experience of this when he wasn't even there. And God is doing the same thing over and over again in such a glorious way. And it was really, really awesome. Mm. Wow. That's cool. Super cool. Um, and I'm gonna. Y'all read a... the Bible? You ever like? Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know. There's so much. Yeah. I was like, it's pretty cool. Um, there were. Uh, actually, I was struggling with uh, what to share next because there were so many good things. Uh, one from the Psalms that I wanted to share, but I'm. Um, I'm going to. I'm still, as you can tell, I'm still actually trying to choose between two <laughs> passages and so forth. But um, I am. Going to go with okay, well, let me. I'm going to share two. I'm going to okay, share okay, two, okay, okay. two real quick. Two That's real quick. Fair. I promise. Because they and they both have this in common. Uh, and one, I'm not, one, I'm just not going to. I want to share all of it. But uh, one is from Second Chronicles, uh, chapter six, 
Um, and uh, it says, Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm, when they come and pray in this temple, then they hear from heaven your dwelling place and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. This is Solomon praying the dedication of the temple. And then he skipping down, he says, When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, which is a neat little theological point thrown in there. <laughs> uh, and you became, uh, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take them captive to a land far near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity, saying, We have sinned, we have done wrong, and have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart, with all their soul, uh, in the land of their captivity, where they have been carried captive, and pray toward their land, which you gave to their fathers, the city which you have chosen, and toward the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven your dwelling um, place, their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause, and forgive your people who have sinned against you. When I read through that this time, a connection I had never made was that Jesus is using this prayer of Solomon to then show us in the story of the prodigal son that this is exactly the same mindset oh, that the no. temple that Jesus that Jesus being the temple is now it, that if you think of it in terms of the when you've gone to this foreign place you recognize your sin mm -hmm. and so forth that this is you coming to your senses moment and then when you turn back to the father and come back home that you'll be restored and uh, and I thought, you know, I never <laughs> connected that here he has Solomon. I mean, this is just sort of the work of, yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Here Solomon is praying in the Spirit, praying a prayer that then Jesus says, this is fulfilled mm. in me, you know, and connecting that. And then on, and then on top of that, uh, in Psalm 80, he says, Psalm 80, 14 and 16, he says, Return, we beseech you, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see, and visit this vine and the vineyard which you, your right hand has planted, and the branch that you made strong for yourself. It is burned with fire, it is cut down, they perish at the rebuke of your countenance. And how, then Je how Jesus talked about how when he was in John uh, 15. Talking about mm -hmm. how he, the father, that he is the vine, the father's vine dresser, and and then using this illustration of the vine and how bad branches are cut away and thrown into the fire, and again taking something that uh, would have been familiar to, I mean, just showing that the word that he, that this is all his word, yeah. that what he's doing in the Old Testament is he's speaking through people and working through people, and then when he comes and he's talking, uh, you can take the word words of Christ and see that it's always been the word yeah, of Christ. It's right. always been the things that he's been sharing. Man. Even when you get to Revelation and you see him pouring mm -hmm. out, it all has this connection back in the Old Testament to things that he, same same spirit, same right. message, same same demeanor even. Never um, it never changes. Wow. But uh, but it is one one tapestry woven together uh, so um, so amazingly. And, and, that's, and I think that's, that God gave that to me just as a reminder that uh, when you're thinking there's nothing here to really pull out mm -hmm. uh, to see no no I did it all it's yeah. all it's all just the because I used to I don't know if you guys thought this when yeah. I first started reading the Bible it was the red letters that I thought oh this is really the important Bible yeah, right, right, <laughs> you know it's right. that, you know and just a little side note I don't know if I ever told you this before when I was in um, Egypt in uh, the Sinai we were going to the um, there's a monastery. We call it the faint Mount Sinai, um, but uh, because it's called Moses' Mountain, but it's, it's really not. Oh. But but they built a monastery there. They have 
they used to have, England took it, the oldest copy of the uh, Bible, Mm -hmm. the whole Bible, when it was all put together, all 66 books put together. It's called the Codex Sinaiticus. And um, so they had, uh, they had, uh, the jokes on the English, there were a few pages that had fallen out in the attic and in the monastery, and so when they took it, they're missing a few pages in their Bible. So they had those pages, and also the second oldest, uh, which is mm-hmm. Codex something. Um, but anyway, in that Bible, it's all in Aramaic, but uh, in that Bible, the words of Jesus are in red. Um, huh. So that has always been the case. As long as they've been doing the Bible, mm. all the words of Jesus wow. have always been in red. Yeah. So, so that means... NIV didn't invent that. So, exactly. <laughs> We've always put significance on the words of Christ, but it's important for us to all remember it's He's, all the word of Christ. He is it's the yeah, word. Yeah, it is, it's oh, all his, yeah. goodness. Yeah. That's wow, so that's good. Okay, well, that's it. No. Yeah, thank you for listening to the Sandy's podcast. We'll catch you next week. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, yeah, in the same section uh, of Second Chronicles, when um, the Lord <laughs> appears to Solomon after, you know, and, and I remember this is, so this is like my favorite section of the Bible just about, and I remember I talked about it last year and I talked about it when we went over <laughs> it in Kings. And so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but, um, because my, my main thing is a couple chapters later, but he says, everyone knows this, this passage my people call by my name, humble themselves and pray. Mm. Then I will hear right. from heaven, um, forgive their sin, heal their land. Okay. Great. Okay, we've heard. <laughs> then you know it is good news. Um, it's a good. good news it's, a, it's a good word. Yeah. And it says forever. So yeah. like this is something forever. And mm-hmm. so we may we may have a different classification for what temple we look to. Right. But uh, still, prom- I mean, God says it's forever. So we we take that as forever. Awesome. Um, but then we get to see it actually happen, like seven chapters later. So that was seven fourteen. If you take flip it and go fourteen seven, then Ooh. you have. I know it's all. I mean, it's all connected. Oh, okay. God put the chapter and verses in there. <laughs> um, King Asa. Okay, so um, the the nation splits. Spoiler alert. After uh, Solomon and uh, Rehoboam does his thing, he dies. Then Abijah, Abijah, hmm? Abijah, Abijah. Um, Just think, think Elijah, Abijah. Abijah, Abijah does his thing and he mm-hmm. dies. And Asa comes up. And Asa, man is probably the best that they have for the rest of the time because mm. he actually succeeds at taking away the high places and the rest, it's always this little tag at the end, but they didn't take away the high places. You know, yeah. it's like there's great king, they do all these, they love the Lord, they fall after him in the ways of their father or whatever, and uh, they didn't take away the high places though. Mm. Asa does. He takes away the high places, he gets rid of the idols, and um, and just his, his reign is like, from verse to verse, it's like, oh, I should be doing this, so he does it. Oh, yeah. I should be doing this, so he does it. Um, he doesn't take away the idols till most of the way through his reign, but mm-hmm. he realizes that he should do that. It's right. like he told them to do it, they didn't, and so he just does it himself. He takes right. it away um, out of his own his own power. And so, but and what does God do during his reign? It's amazing. God like the whole nation experiences revival. They experience peace from their enemies, um, and and not that that enemies never rise up, but God deals with them swiftly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's crazy to watch what is promised in 714 that if my people will do these things, then I will heal their land. Mm. And it's you know it, it's it's a matter of seven chapters in their span. It was several generate. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a couple generations before they would turn to the Lord and see this promise fulfilled. For us, it doesn't seem like that long. For them, it seems like a long time. But the the reality is. From this perspective, you see that God is totally, totally faithful mm-hmm. to fulfill his promise there. And um, it's not just something that he says that we, you know, quote when we're watching 
a certain Christian movie or right. when we are um, on in, in, on a pulpit. This is like the real real deal. Right. Uh, he really does. And and that promise is not just for ancient Israel. The promise is for today. Uh, so, um, I mean, mm. I just encourage us to humble ourselves, seek the Lord and and I think the the, the 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 problem is when we get into the healing of our land mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. the the um, the value of land at that point and that it is a that geographical place in Israel's history and so forth. It's kind of the same concept we have with healing. Period. Because uh, I, I, I have so I have this conversation so many times with so many people, even through this COVID virus thing, because they're like. Um, yeah, I'm like, you know, God ultimately does heal us all uh, through giving us a new body. And and everyone's response is exactly the same response that Mary and Martha give Jesus when he says that to them about their brother. Mm. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. We all get, you know, go right. to heaven, blah, 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 blah. And mm-hmm. it's like, and then Jesus stops and says, no, 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 you don't understand. I am the resurrection. Right. And he goes, let me show you what I can do. You see the guy, you, your brother over there, he's in the grave. He's been dead four days. You think he stinks and whatever. Mm-hmm. Lazarus, come here. And Lazarus right. gets up, walks out. He says, see? Do you see? Do you see what I can do? Yeah. At any moment, at any time, yep. I can put you, I can give life back. Mm-hmm. You know, I can right. I can make your body right. I can make, you know, whatever you're thinking right. in terms of what healing is, I can heal at any given moment, at any given time. I'm just telling you that when you don't get the healing that mm-hmm. you think should be happening right now, it's because it doesn't work in the plan that mm-hmm. I have. Right. So, but it's not because it, I can't. It's not because I can't. It's just because I'm not gonna do it because it doesn't mm-hmm. work for what you want. Ultimately, you don't even know what you want. Right. But you say you want my kingdom to come. You just prayed that. Uh, right. So, so if you want my kingdom to come, this is what mm-hmm. has to transpire. And if we could just change our minds, and the healing right. of the land is the same way. The land is going to be healed. Right. It may not be right here, right now, in our way, in the way we're thinking, and so forth. I mean, we like. We like pray that prayer thinking he's going to make the United States great again. Right. And you want to tell people, God's goal is not to make the United right. States great again. God's goal is to demolish democracies yeah. because he is a king mm. and he is establishing a monarchy in which he mm-hmm. is the king, the right. sole ruler. There will not be a Congress in heaven to see if we can overthrow <laughs> Jesus' right. will. Right. Uh, that's only Baptists can do that. But we have to, we, we have to get it in our mindset, in our in our heads that 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 this is that we are lit- that that's why Jesus said, "I want you to pray for my kingdom mm-hmm. to come." And and if you're gonna be praying for a kingdom to come, then you best expect what God's going to do. Uh, if you want His will on earth to be done as it is in heaven, in heaven His will is done in order to bring His kingdom. Right. Uh, and so when you're praying for His will to be done, then you have to say. Does restoring my arm uh, bring usher in his kingdom? Does right. bringing peace in this situation <laughs> does that does that usher in his kingdom? Whatever it is that ushers in his kingdom, that's what God is going to do. And so when when we're in sync with him, those are the things we pray for. Mm. But it's never that he can't do it. It's just that it, uh, it he has already demonstrated he can do it. He right. can bring peace. Wherever, if he can make water stand still, uh, he can he can make hearts stand still. Right. So it's like uh, it, it, so that's not not a question. But anyway, sorry, I went off on your. No, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, right? Uh, yeah. We're gonna do questions. Questions. Yeah.
question and answer segment. Dun, 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 dun. If you want to submit questions, you can text us or email us. It's just our first name at fbcj.us. For and, instance, uh, Troy, Troy at fbcj.us. FBCJ. Troy likes to get the questions personally because I don't pass them on very very quickly. <laughs> and, uh, and Josh, I don't Josh know. Writes his own. Josh writes his own answer. He's mixed stuff up. <laughs> anyway, uh, we do have a question. Josh, you want to start us off with some? Yeah. So this is kind of um, something that was brought up in Acts, but it's throughout the whole Bible. And mm-hmm. I've heard many people just say weird things, and I just want to have a solid answer on it. So if I don't have a solid answer by the end of this, <laughs> I'm leaving. No, I'm kidding. But um, it's Acts 12, 7, which says... Uh, suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And it goes on a little bit more. But my question is, who are these angels of the Lord? Mm -hmm. They're throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Bible. Uh, They're always talked about. They're always delivering a message. They're always defending. Mm -hmm. They're always doing something. But who are they? um, And what are they for? And what do they do? And that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now you're trying to say, uh, you're trying to differentiate angel of the Lord from other angels? Or just saying angels, period. Uh, that's a, that's so a snake's nest, bro. Let's talk about <laughs> angels of the Lord. Okay. Yeah, because that, <laughs> because I think, that I think, could go on I think what I'm trying to <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you're saying the confusion comes because there is a lot written about uh, when the angel of the Lord is used as a title uh, yeah, of, of a particular see, angel. Yeah, that confusion as well. Uh, and, and, and the article is, is really important where, where it implies that mm-hmm. it is the angel of the Lord as right. opposed to an angel of right. the Lord. The word angel is simply the word for messenger. Um, so just literally saying a messenger from the Lord and so forth, we we have uh, we have enough revealed to us about uh, angels, uh, these messengers of God, uh, to believe that they are creatures uh, that are not human, obviously, right. and, um, and and even Jesus Himself says we will be like the angels. Uh, so there's this whole doctrine of angels and this these beings. Uh, we've created, you know, it's a third, a third of heaven was cast out and, and we call those demons or whatever, fallen angels, mm-hmm. uh, to follow after, uh, Lucifer, which is not really a name for Satan, but we make it a name for Satan. Uh, but the, mm-hmm. uh, we, we fill in the, and we use apocryphal literature and, uh, and extra biblical literature to kind of fill in the gaps in some church tradition, uh, to come up with these ideas and images and pictures and things that we've had thousands of years to right. uh, create. So it's really hard. It's kind of like watching the Ten Commandments. Remember the old Ten Commandments with Cecil B. DeMille? It's hard to watch that movie when you're a kid a thousand times and uh, every Easter and then to read the Bible right. and get that picture out of your head. Right. Because yes. it's like, I already know I already know that Moses looks like Charlton Heston uh, or, <laughs> or vice versa. But the, uh, and Yul Brenner, you know, is the, <laughs> let my, you know, uh, so shall it be written, so shall it be done, you know, as if that's okay. what he's saying, which he never said. But anyway, but you have this, you have these pictures or images that come to your mind mm-hmm. of angels, and, and so it's hard to separate that from what we actually know, and we don't know a lot right. when you actually look at what the text says. So people have created this whole angel of the Lord, and what there are instances, especially in the Old Testament, where we talk about what's called the pre-incarnate Christ, mm-hmm. uh, which is instances where a great example is when three messengers come to speak to Abraham, and two of them go on to um, wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah, yet one stays behind, and he's this mysterious figure who really doesn't fit into an angel category. And so 
and then you have the angel, the angel Lord in in the burning bush, right. who then later is speaking as the voice of God. Right. Uh, so it's like, so is this? So did the angel? Is the angel the one go down to light up the bush, and mm-hmm. then says you know, to kind of like the intro for God to come in, uh, and so forth? So there's just things we don't, we're not given answers to. That the 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 angel who was in the fire with uh, right. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, and so. So you have these instances, and so we're, we, it's a mystery that's created for us where we don't have answers that Scripture gives to us, right. and so we try to uh, fill in the blanks. That's, that's why there's a sense of mystery here. You know, is it, uh, I, but I think in this particular instance in the New Testament, because we have the revelation mm-hmm. of Jesus, if it actually was Jesus who was doing this, we don't have a reason for it to be a there is no post-incarnate right, right. <laughs> Christ. So, I mean, he is the yeah. post-incarnate. But the uh, but the idea. So the idea here is, is you have just simply uh, just a reference that it is. Uh, I guess if you want to think in terms of God being clear, that it is not an angel or a or a demon. Uh, is not something that is from that is it is someone who is sent from the Lord to do this particular right. thing, especially as it's written in this passage, uh, very clearly that this is not any particular office or role. This is a yeah. a messenger sent by God in order to accomplish a duty or a task that God has assigned to him. So, cool, mm. cool, cool. And we do have a couple of times when angels are named. Gabriel, for instance, right. is given a name, Michael. And then we have uh, Michael given uh, the title of Archangel, which is mm-hmm. something. And Daniel gives us some idea, you know, a illustration about that. And we have, like I said, references that go back and forth, some using extra biblical literature. But the uh, uh, but once it's in the word, once it's in the text, like I said, especially when Jesus says it, we know that's solid. So anyway. Cool. I think that's solid. I, I just have one one question that I, I wanted, a couple of things I wanted to point out before we leave, and that is um, when we're talking about Abijah and uh, Abijam in First and Second Kings, they're the same person. One implies that he's not a bad person in Kings uh, or in Chronicles, but he was an evil king in in uh, in Kings. There's no contradiction there. We're just given in Chronicles. We're given an instance of his life in which he did the right thing. And when he did the right thing, God blessed him for doing the right thing, but it never implies that he was not still considered evil because he was idolatrous and cultic in his practices. And uh, and the other thing was uh, in, uh, in Acts 16, where the Spirit of God tells Paul uh, not to go into certain regions and to go into a different region, and then sends him a message to go to Macedonia. Just a reminder to us that uh, that we, that God has a plan uh, when He wants to gospel shared and where He wants to gospel shared and so forth. That we don't just that, that it's it's perfectly fine to say I want to go and share the gospel with this town until the Holy Spirit comes and says mm-hmm. I don't want you to do that because that does not fit in line. That doesn't mean God doesn't love those people. Doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan for those people. It just means what He needs you to do at this time is in this place and not that place. And we just always need to be obedient to Him and trust His plan. So, all right, that's Amen it. Amen to yeah. that. And it's not like the gospel didn't ever make it to that place. <laughs> that's exactly right. right. Yeah. He had a he had a he had a reason. But um, yeah, and maybe someday I'll talk about my own theory on oh. why he went west instead of east. We, we should have a totally separate podcast for like fringe <laughs> thoughts of <laughs> fringe of thought. us. That's a real dangerous, <laughs> real dangerous understanding. <laughs> Lack of understanding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll call it uh, with an abundance of speech. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so thank you so much for joining us yes, this week. Yes. We'll be back <laughs> for uh, yeah. We'll be back. Um, 
next uh, week. Next week. As far as you care. Yeah, as far as y'all care. <laughs> so we'll see you later on Understanding Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast. If you would like more information on Understanding Jesus or First Baptist Church of Jackson or would just like to submit a question or comment, then you can call the church office at 573-243-8415 or you can email us at office at fbcj.us. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon.